This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Dun 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 dun. <laughs> um. Yes. Can I say that all? Halloween last year because I worked in this environment with you Mm -hmm. and I sit at a desk by myself in my office. I literally listened to (laughs) Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack every day for like three weeks straight. And I don't think anybody noticed that, but (laughs) just picture me slanging insurance. (laughs) This is Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, so good. So good. I'm so excited for this year. Like I cannot wait for our costumes this year. Yeah. Every year our office dresses up for Halloween and we do a group, uh, a group costume. Last year was wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. the year before, which was your first Halloween with us. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. I liked it. It wasn't my pick, no. (laughs) but we, we also try to like get, you know, kind of pass that around a little bit. Like I definitely gave, you know, the floor to everyone else last year because the year before that we were hot you know we each dressed up as like our hogwarts houses mm-hmm. so i was ravenclaw trina was hufflepuff eva was slytherin and megan was gryffindor that's cool and that's when we were balanced and <laughs> now we have two hufflepuffs a gryffindor and a ravenclaw so it wouldn't work anyways but <laughs> that's okay i'm not gonna say well should we say what we're gonna be might as well yeah. yeah might as well so we decided on alice in wonderland um which is amazing <laughs> but um it was kind of hard because there's so many good characters and i think it was you who were saying like they're all very different mm-hmm. so um it was kind of hard to pick i mean i think it was easy for you to pick it was yeah. easy for like trina wanted to be um the white rabbit the like wh- I was like, that so is random. so random, but she's like, I'm going to be the rabbit. And I'm like, oh, we love you, Trina. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to be bomb. She's going to look so yeah, cute. She's um, super stoked about her costume. And then Stephanie didn't really get to pick. We just told her she had to be Alice. Well, she's got long blonde hair. I know. It makes sense. But <laughs> sorry, Stephanie. Um, Same and- with me, though. I have red hair and I was like, okay, Queen of Hearts. Yeah. Avi. Like, Obvi. but I'm stoked. Like, I'm yeah. and, and Stephanie was really stoked, too. To- yeah. I'm saying stoked a lot. Sorry. It's just what <laughs> I stoked. am. It's just what I am. Okay. Um, and then I decided I wanted to be the Cheshire. I can't say it. Whoa. Cheshire. No. How do you say it? <laughs> Cheshire. I can't say it. How do you say it? Isn't it Cheshire? Cheshire. <laughs> Whatever. The cat. Um, and then I decided that the costumes were really lame. Yeah. So... I will be the Mad Hatter, and I will be the best Mad Hatter that you've ever seen. And I was really excited that that's what it was, because when we first found out, or we first decided we were going to do Alice Mm -hmm. in Wonderland, I knew, like I said, red hair, it just works, queen of hearts, but I was praying (laughs) that you were going to pick the Mad Hatter, because that costume can be killer, nuts. Like, I'm so excited. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me anything. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I just want to see you in it, and be like really excited so that's exciting but then but that's only for work right well i i kind of got my costume i guess you could i can't just to, be the mad hatter that'd be lame outside of work i feel like oh you know i mean you could be if you dressed alonzo up differently well yeah you don't have to yeah never mind you don't <laughs> have to, he's not gonna do that he could be the worm the caterpillar 
Yeah, the caterpillar, not worm. Yes, <laughs> caterpillar. Mm-hmm. Wait, that was my first. That was my first pick, right? The caterpillar. I was like, wait, no. I'm gonna I'll just bring a hookah. In. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would have been awesome, but um, also maybe not allowed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really want to be. I really want to dress Ryan up as um, Coraline. Mm-hmm. Because one, I love that movie, um, but I, I don't think you never seen it. I. Mm, oh my gosh it's a tim burton movie i know yeah it's weird and creepy and Mm -hmm. just i just remember the button eyes being kind of weird so that's what i want to be i want to be the crazy other mom of course you do with the button eyes Mm -hmm. except i just i don't think that ryan will wear a blue wig and she has to wear a blue wig (laughs) so that's just gonna ruin it for us (laughs) (laughs) she's got like the perfect hair for it though couldn't you just kind of like spray paint it blue i've thought about it not spray paint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounded terrible. <laughs> but like hair paint it. Yeah. I mean, that would be okay. Yeah. I think it's okay. Um, we'll see. We'll have to. What would Alonzo be? Nothing. He would be. Nothing. He'd just be. He Al. would not be included. <laughs> He'd just be good old Al. Um, um, I still think it would be super cute if you guys did Aladdin. Oh, that would be cute. One because I call him Al mm-hmm. and. That's also Aladdin's nickname. And then, <laughs> and he would, he could totally look like Aladdin. Oh, yeah. Um, that tan skin. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and little Juby could be, um, what's little monkey's Abu? name? Abu. Abu. Yeah. Because her big eyes. Oh, And then I would get God. to wear a wig. And, and you that. could be, you could rock a Jasmine costume for sure. Nala mm-hmm. could be. What's the tiger's name? Oh, my gosh. Raja. Raja, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. So many. So many it possibilities. It sucks Halloween only comes around once a year. I know. Honestly. I normally dress Charlotte up in at least two costumes. Yeah. Because Halloween is normally during the week, so she'll do, like, trick-or-treating, but then there's always, like, a trick-or-treating festival or whatever right. at Pioneer Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and I normally have, like, one costume for that and then one costume for actual Halloween there you go. Um, but do you have a costume from your past that was like your favorite costume? Do you have like a yeah favorite costume ever? I have a favorite from my childhood, and I also have a favorite from my adulthood. So from childhood, it was I was a sorceress one year, which normally my mom would always put me in like cutesy costumes mm-hmm. or like really girly costumes. Like I was a hippie one year, and I was. Uh, anyways, um, but this one year I did a sorceress, which sounds cool. Sounds cool, but I didn't even know. Like, anyways, it had like I had like this super long black wig. My mom like painted my face like white and black, and I think I just had like kind of a drapey like black mm-hmm. gown thingy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. I don't. <laughs> But I remember going up to so many people's doors and I'd be like, what are you? And I'd be like, a sorceress. <laughs> and finally, like, after, like, the fifth person was like, oh, kiss. Like, they kept thinking I was That's kiss. so funny, yeah. That I, like, eventually, I remember, like, as a kid just being like, yeah, uh, I'm from kiss. Like, I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> I didn't know, but I just, just like, went along with after it. After a while, I was so, yeah, I was so tired of, like, hearing, like, oh, yeah kiss right and i'm like no sorceress 
<laughs> um, so I think, yeah, so I just eventually said that. And for some reason, that's, like, that stuck with me. Yeah. I mean, I remember all my costumes with that one. I just remember, like, having a blast, like, mm-hmm. thinking it was so much fun. That's funny. Well, do you have a favorite childhood costume? Yeah, so the, if you're from Fairbanks, you know that <laughs> you really couldn't, go trick-or-treating unless you had a snowsuit on underneath because 100 percent of the time there was there is snow and it's on cold Halloween and it's cold as balls yeah um so one year i think we were in seattle for a figure skating competition and we maybe stayed longer i think because we had family friends there but which meant we were there for halloween and it wasn't cold i didn't have to wear freaking mm-hmm. winter jacket so um this is funny because it ties into my favorite adult costume but i was wednesday adams and i you know just got to wear a dress and mm-hmm. i just got to be gothic which yeah. is you know my other counterpart mm-hmm. um and are you sure you're not a gemini dude i know <laughs> um but that was my favorite because i had the wig and yeah i just That's awesome being outside and wearing shoes and not snow boots <laughs> <laughs> yeah i really hope that one day i get to take charlotte to the lower 48 for halloween mm-hmm. for that reason alone yeah. um my favorite adult costume is i think if this was like six years ago maybe now we i made our costumes that year mine and steven's costumes and this was before like poison ivy and the riddler costumes were like readily available yeah i made my costume like i got this like kind of i don't know sexy like not not it wasn't a corset but it like just a bodysuit um not with legs i don't know is that still considered a bodysuit if it's just like basically it's like a bathing suit style or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but it was black and so I just I covered it with fabric glue and fake leaves mm-hmm. and I but like in this really cool pattern um and it showed like it was like super kind of revealing but it mesh and all this other stuff and then Nancy did my hair and my makeup my friend Nancy who's a hairdresser so my hair and makeup looked bomb (laughs) and um green tights like green like oh it was it was so good and then I made his as well Mm -hmm. with like a green shirt and he had like a purple vest Mm. and I spray painted green question marks all you know all over his stuff and he had a green bowler hat I think that was the only thing we were able to find Mm. was maybe the green bowler hat but we spray painted his hair orange like oh we actually ended up winning the big eye costume contest that year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not, I'm not good in front of crowds at all, but we, I was like, you were so proud. Selling it. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted that like $150 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But we were up there and they were like voting based on like, you know, scream, you know, yells or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, seriously, like work in the crowd. I didn't even know who I was that night. That's like, funny. That's awesome. I love that costume so Halloween much. Halloween brings the best out of us. It, it really, really does. does. <laughs> it really does. Um, my favorite adult costume. Oh my gosh, I have two. I have two. A couple one. Um, Alonzo and I were, um, uh, my gosh, why can't I think of his name? Um, Morticia and Gomez. Gomez, yep. Adams. And that so was perfect. a good one. Yeah, so we perfect. Really good. I love that picture of you guys so yeah. much. Oh, 
my gosh, we'll upload this on social media. Yeah, so we have to. It. We have to now, right? Um, like, yeah, and he looks so good. Like he had a mustache and like the he, cigar. Yeah, he told. Yeah, just, he totally pulled it off. Yeah, we were oh so good. Um, and then by myself, like for so long, I've always told myself that I was going to be Britney Spears for Halloween. Right? Makes sense. Yeah, but totally. I never had the courage to just like do it why i mean let's be real she doesn't have very many clothes on like oh true yeah most costumes required me to just have basically a bra and spanks on but (laughs) (laughs) um i finally went for it the halloween right before i got pregnant i got pregnant that february after so it worked out perfect but i was um the hit me baby one more time right with the I have to say, it looked pretty good. It <laughs> looked pretty good. I think I've seen that one too, and that, yeah, that mm-hmm. one was also good. Yeah. You, I think anytime you do costumes, you just, it's very easy to tell what you are. Like, you nail it every yeah. time. Even if, even last year when you did, like, the Tin Man, mm-hmm. you somehow came up with, like, a way I know, I had, like, to a even tutu though, on. yeah, even <laughs> though it like wasn't, a like, a Tin Man costume, yeah. it was like, oh, she's the Tin Man. Like, it was yeah. very easy to tell. Thank you. You're good at it. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so the guest that we're talking to on this one carrie Carrie. Mm -hmm. her and i have been to a few when we were younger i I must have been in like 10th grade she was ninth grade um we went to a few rocky horror picture Mm -hmm. show um first of all i've never done that it's total okay it's good here i've been here yeah um it's really good but Mm mm-hmm I, we we lived in Lexington, Kentucky. She still lives there. Um, it was on point. I mean, you went and every single person... And this happened, like, monthly. They yeah. did Rocky oh. Horror Picture Show, like, monthly. And it was at the Lexington Theater. It was downtown. It was, like, an old movie theater. Ooh. And you go in and you're, you're all standing in line outside afterwards. It's a midnight showing. Okay, yeah. So everyone is standing in line before they'll open up, you know, at midnight to let us in. And everyone is dressed like it's Halloween. Like, mm-hmm. m- maybe not even Halloween. Like, I my favorite time we ever went, I was wearing this, like... Because you basically dress as, like, slutty and gothic, whatever mm-hmm. it is you can. Right. Um, and I had this... My friend Whitney let me borrow her Dickies dress. Mm-hmm. It was a Dickies dress. And, like, on her, it went to, like, her knees because she was short. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on me, it went to, like, mid-thigh. And if you knew me in high school, not, your thing. not my thing at all. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Rocky Horror just brought, brought it out. It out. <laughs> yeah. And I straightened my super blonde hair, and I tip, I, like, went over it with a highlighter, a pink highlighter, just, like, the last two inches of my hair all around, and my hair was all one length, so, Mm -hmm. like, just, like, the last two inches of it, just, like, with a pink highlighter, like, all day I was working on it, because I have a lot of hair, and, um, I don't know, like, my makeup look at, like, everything was, like, on point that night, and I remember people coming, like, random people coming up to me and, like, complimenting me and stuff, being like, what is going on? Because that just, I wasn't used to that sure. at that age. But we used to have so much fun at those things. You go and they get, they give you a bag full of stuff that you're throwing at the, 
mm-hmm. the um, screen and there's the actors acting it out in front of the screen and it was so much audience participation like you know they'd always mark any virgins mm-hmm. like did, have you ever been to one uh-uh oh my god I know. you we would go. you would love it yeah that and also um downtown lexington does a recreation of thriller the music video that's every cool. year mm-hmm. and it's the coolest thing i've ever seen in my life like yeah. you're just and this is all again outside of that theater mm-hmm. downtown like main street lexington kentucky huge city there's just zombies like passed mm-hmm. out everywhere right like well passed out yeah but like laying on the ground like pretending to be dead whatever and it's like kids it's adults it's like just tons of these of these zombies passed out right and then they have the like truck come around that's playing the music michael jackson and his date like walk out of that theater mm-hmm. into the road and then and you know that's they're like crazy. playing it's, oh, it's so cool like the next time that we go anywhere for Halloween, it'll be Lexington, so I can take Charlotte mm-hmm. trick or treating. Yeah. So I can and so I can show Stephen that because it's so cool. And Carrie and I went to that as well. That's cool. We used to have so much fun when we were kids. Like she was like her and I would just run around downtown Lexington like it was nothing. Like it was a, our playground. Yeah, yeah, it was just awesome. I really liked um, our interview with her. You could tell she was just a happy person and. Mm-hmm outgoing that's fun i know I, t- I always tell her and i think i maybe even in this episode she can just make a friend anywhere yeah no definitely i i felt like i was her friend and that was literally the first time i've ever talked to her so <laughs> yeah she's awesome i love her so much she really talked about a lot of good stuff she's got a difficult past we should probably throw out mm-hmm. some trigger warnings for her episode we talk uh, i mean there's a lot of talk about drug use a lot of talk about drug use mm-hmm. yes so if you are struggling with addiction, we just want to throw out there, you know, there are AA meetings everywhere, anywhere, probably going on at this moment. Um, don't be afraid to reach out because it's a really good place to start. And if you want help finding that and you're not sure what to do, reach out to us. We can definitely help you. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we talk about? Uh, we talked about... Um, a l- we had <laughs> we had her say a couple funny stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the most part, we talked about like her relationship with her family and going through um, addiction. Addiction. I think it was mostly just the journey of that and where yeah. how she got to be where she's at now, right. which is a really great place. Yeah. So, I mean, she says it in the episode, but I'm just gonna give a shout out to her right now. Seven years sober. Yeah. Which is incredible. Like, and it's really incredible once you listen to her story, too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. regardless, it's incredible. But to see and listen to what she's gone through in order to get to where she is is pretty amazing. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so thankful that she was able to talk with us. She's been in my life for a really long time, and I just love her so much. Before we get into the episode with Carrie, we do just want to remind you guys that we are partnered up and affiliated with BetterHelp. They are an online counseling company. If you haven't checked them out, we really, really suggest you do. This is Jordan talking, by the way. (laughs) And I started um, some counseling through them um, via messaging. And so far, I'm absolutely loving it. My favorite thing about it is that, one, it's, I'm not going to lie, it's a lot, it's really affordable. Um... And I don't have to go anywhere. 
Yeah. I can be at home. I can be on my lunch break. It doesn't really matter, but I have somebody available and ready to help me. And it's a counselor who was specifically matched up for me, which is awesome. So the convenience of it, I think, is just so incredible mm-hmm. and so easy to feel comfortable doing it that way. Right. So we do, as a reminder, we have a discount code for you, 10% off your first month. If you go to betterhelp.com and use the discount code mentalmpodcast, or you can go straight to our custom URL, which is betterhelpbetterhelp.com slash mentalmpodcast. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. And also, here's your next episode. Here's Carrie. Carrie Quesadilla. Cool. I mean, <laughs> that was like, yeah, my question is for Dana. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so uh, you guys obviously know each other. At the beginning of the episodes, we try and kind of connect how we know the guest, if we do. Um, and Denise was saying that you guys were really close back in high school. So I'm just curious. Do you guys remember, like, the first time you met? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I do. I don't know if Denise does, but I definitely do. I do, Um, but I want to hear your story. You want to hear my interpretation of it? Yeah. Okay. Um, (laughs) So we met at uh, in high school. I feel like Denise was a grade above me. Maybe were you a grade above me? I feel like you were above me. And um, she was in one of my classes, and I remember. Okay, so you know, like the agendas, like planners that they would give you at school I remember uh, looking over at hers and she had like decorated it and it was like the strokes the vines the hives the yeah yeah yes <laughs> and um, I remember seeing that and being like who is this girl and why is why are we not friends and like <laughs> so like that's that's like the first time I remember uh, meeting Denise and also <laughs> We used to skip school a lot, or I would always fake sick so we could skip school a lot. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, often. That was um, pretty much an everyday occurrence. But yeah, no, we we just became friends, and um, it was very much uh, during, like, the emo phase of things, like Fall Out Boy I had just, like, dropped an al- their first album, Um <laughs> My Chemical <laughs> Romance, I'm pretty sure, had also dropped yep. an album, too. So if I can set the scene, um, any, that's kind of Blink-182. Yeah, that's uh, we we connected, I feel like, through music and then sh- the normal shenanigans of, yeah. of <laughs> that one gets into in high school. Yeah. Um, I remember you and Whitney making those videos. Like, when I started hanging out with you guys... Uh, we'd go over to either your house or Whitney's house because they lived like two doors down from each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had this one video and I hope that I can explain it like through audio. But oh, there was, um, you're going to remember as soon as I start talking about it. <laughs> there was this one video where um, you guys are like talking about something random, like probably, tr- you know, trying to be funny. And which you were. um and somebody said something like outside of the door that you could hear and Whitney like turned really quick and like looked at the door as she was closing it with her leg so like 
in the video, you can't see her leg. You can only see you, see you guys from, like, the waist up. And it looked like she had closed the door with her, like, basically, like, with her mind. <laughs> I do. I remember that video, like, vividly. <laughs> but then you, like, recreated it by yourself. <laughs> and you were like, I just remember you, like, looking into the camera and being like, sometimes um, it's crazy. I just feel like I can move stuff with my mind. <laughs> and then you like look really quick and the door slams. <laughs> oh my God. I, I swear I haven't thought about that in at least like 10 years. At least 10 years. <laughs> no, that was like the golden age whenever... Whenever you could record uh, when, like, AIM was a thing and before MySpace, like, AIM chat rooms were a thing. <laughs> and, like, an the Intel, like, video cameras from, God, from the early 2000s. <laughs> like, yeah. I will... Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> it's, like, it's very... It's nostalgic to think back on that, but, like, I can't imagine if someone found that footage today, like, what they would think. Dude, I would is, love to find that footage today. It's it's probably on some old hard drive somewhere. I guarantee it. Like not lost, not lost. <laughs> but okay, yeah, well, no, I'm gonna need you to look for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely. Will. I'll make a conscious effort to to resurface that video so we can have it. But yeah, I'm gonna like set it as like my something. I don't know. <laughs> Just so I can watch it all the time. Oh my god, yeah. Super embarrassing, but I guarantee it would be hilarious. Yeah, I think when we met each other, I have a really, you know, similar thought of, like, meeting you guys. In that one specific class, it was Intro to Business. Um, do you remember that that's the class that we met in? Yeah, it, very vaguely. I feel like we were at school so, like, it was such a rare occurrence for us to actually be at school. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very, um, I just, I, the only thing I can think of is Miss Weaver. Yep. Well, that <laughs> is, that's the only class that I ever failed. <laughs> like, my entire high school career, that's the only class I ever failed. I wonder why. I'm pretty sure saying that that is the same for me as well. <laughs> but okay, let me set the scene for you. So like, I would always so I feel like the class had like a 30 minute break in between or like there was a lunch in between like, we would be in class for maybe 30 minutes, and then we would take a lunch, and then we would just never go back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I forgot that that was how that was. That's how it was set up. That's interesting. And then we, and then, and then our friends would always blame me. They would be like, oh, it's, we, Carrie was sick and like, we couldn't <laughs> make it. Like, we had to take her to the nurse station. Like, she was really sick. <laughs> and uh, we would just like they, hang out in the bathroom. I don't even, I have no clue. I have no clue what we did. I know we like, Maybe, like, walked around. I think the closest place to the high school that we went to was, like, a Dollar General, maybe. Like, I have, yeah. like we would just be like, oh, yeah, we're going to be bad. We're going to go to Dollar General <laughs> on our lunch break. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, like, that, thinking back on it, it's, like, that is the weirdest high school experience. So, like, they were doing construction on the building also. Yeah, so they were every, building the new school. 
so our classes some of our classes were like in trailers outside and I'm not kidding you maybe three to four times a week uh, there was a bomb threat and so we would all have to to go on the football field so many uh, bomb threats I don't whoever that was was just like (laughs) trying to get everybody out of class all the time Hmm. yeah and we loved it I remember that like okay it's another bomb threat like I guess we'll just go hang out on the football field for the rest (laughs) of the day Yeah. So I'm super excited to talk to you because I was telling Jordan, like, after we had, like, our quick little initial, like, video talk, I was like, whoa, this is so weird. It just, it's like two, like, worlds kind of colliding because you're someone who is so important to me, like, when I was younger and, and you were, like, my, my rock or, you know, my my best friend who I could like tell anything to. And, and now I have Jordan, who's my best friend who I could tell anything to. And it's just kind of crazy because you guys are separated by like a decade mm-hmm. or more. It's crazy. It's so crazy, but it's awesome. At the same time, I was like the, the second that I heard that you got, you were starting a podcast on um, like mental health. I was so excited because I'm like, even though we've been separated for, I mean, we haven't, you know, spoken in a really long time. It's like always, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going to be a friend to me for like oh. the rest of my life, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. And we're definitely like, it's crazy to see how like we are kind of riding the same way because I've heard you talk about, you know therapy and I'm also in therapy as well and like so it's it's just very it's cool it's yeah. very cool yeah I am sometimes like like you're definitely one of those people you, that I can not see or talk to for years and then as soon as we see each other or talk to each other again it's like no time has passed Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> the same. I feel like the the relationship that we have, it's like any real or genuine friendship that I've ever had throughout the year. I mean, most of my like current friends I've had for like 10 years, which is crazy to think about. But I've like I've maintained a lot of like long term friendships. And I feel like it's it's like that, you know, Shelly lived in my friend Shelly lived in um, Chicago for a long time, you know, years and then moved back here. And it was like, you know, we didn't miss a beat. So I feel like, you know, the, the genuine friendships that you have or like the relationships that you have with people, like distance doesn't really like distance or time is not going to have an effect on the friendship. You know what I mean? It should be the same. For sure. Um, so I, I guess I kind of want to start because you and I definitely had our, um, experimental, phase together in the beginning in the beginning yes um we smoked a lot of pot (laughs) (laughs) um and that was kind of our thing like even though we were doing a lot of a lot of stuff all the time it always involved smoking smoking. yeah oh yeah (laughs) 100% like like to the point okay Denise's mom like I don't know how this happened but she listens to this by the way I love that I look Debbie if you're if you're here she will never forget because the last time that I stayed (laughs) like I will never forget her mom finding um weed that I had wrapped up in a piece of notebook paper that had my name on it (laughs) and her mom found it (laughs) 
And, like, it was a whole big uh, situation. And well, she tried to make it a big situation, but it wasn't to your yeah. parents. No, it definitely was. So, like, my parents were totally cool with me smoking, us smoking, as long as, like, their logic was, like, we'd rather you do it in the house than, like, you'd be out on the streets, like, doing A, B, C, D, E, you know? Like, they, their logic was, like, oh, yeah, we're cool with it. And so... Like, but and my I, mom didn't know that, so mm-hmm. she like brought it to Carrie's oh, house. So like, look what they're doing, you know, blah blah blah. And they're like, uh. <laughs> Well, Carrie's parents just played along. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's <laughs> funny, actually. <laughs> they're like, like they were, Carrie, oh my, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, I just lost that weed, like, <laughs> yeah. I will never get that back. I'm never going to get that, like, maybe half of a bowl back in my whole <laughs> life. Like, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, that's kind of like, so we, I feel like we, once you switched high schools, because we both ended up going to different high schools at one point. Right. Um, Things like definitely, I continued to experiment and just go down. Like, I mean, I feel like it's it's like normal party stuff. You know what I mean? Like drinking. I house parties, lots of house parties. Oh my um, god, so many house parties. We'll never forget those house parties. But yeah, <laughs> so we we were drinking, but you know things escalated throughout the years, and um, I ended up getting addicted to, which is, like, a huge part of my story, um, getting addicted to opiates and some other things, and that was, like, so I was, well, I'm, we'll I, I just, we'll yeah, I just, I want to, like, yeah, I want to kind of focus a little bit more on that, that time, because that, that's where I guess, um, my questions start, is, like, before I left, before I moved up here to Alaska I feel like maybe I didn't know about as much of that stuff that you were doing because I had even gotten to a point in my senior year where I just quit smoke like I I didn't do anything I wasn't smoking weed I never really liked drinking so that wasn't a thing either um but it mine just kind of tapered off and ended and we in my senior year probably didn't hang out quite as much towards the end of me being there um, but I guess at what point, like, like how far into that kind of stuff were you before I left? I would say, okay, so you graduated in 08, right? Yeah. And I graduated in 09. So I would say really my drug use or anything serious didn't happen until like the year I graduated. So I was, I was partying, um, often and like experimenting with like other things but I definitely don't feel like it wasn't until like after I graduated when things really started to escalate so it was like 2009 pretty much is is the year that I always like say in my mind where it's like I kind of crossed that line between experimental like normal you know kids partying um to like when I graduated so I would say I mean I was still partying I was still like House partying, drinking, um, doing other things like tripping, you know, I was, I was doing all that other stuff. Um, but like pretty much for the, it was like, a, I would say it was a normal amount. Like it wasn't excessive. 
Gotcha. Yeah, because I was always too scared to do anything like that. But I also feel like I don't remember seeing you do anything other than drink or smoke when I was around you. Yeah, no, I feel like I was, I mean, for a while there, I feel like those were like my things, you know, I would drink or I would smoke. But like, I guess, like my, my parents also have a lot to do with, you know, I don't want to say like, obviously, I love my parents, they're great. And like, years of, of therapy have like gotten me to this point to where, you know, they were both, you know, okay with me drinking and smoking, but like, they were involved in some other stuff, too. So it like, and that was like, which is crazy. I mean, you, you don't realize the effects that it has on like a teenager. I mean, at the time I was like, this is totally cool. Like my parents are cool with me, like drinking and smoking weed. And like, if I do a drug, they're not going to care about it. But like to a certain extent, like I, um, it was not like they were enabling my behavior, but it was like, you know, it was, it got to a point to where like my, those lines were so blurred and I ended up, you know, I know we share this kind of too. It's like, I was like, I felt like I ended up being like a parent to my parent almost. Yeah. Um, Which is, I mean, it's, I feel like it's, if anything, like I'm very, I'm grateful for it now. Like looking back on it, I feel like, you know, it's, it was definitely a tough experience to to be, you know, because I would, my house was the party house. Like, I would bring right. all my friends over and, like, my parents were, like, the cool parents and, like, they loved you and they loved, like, all my friends. So it was great. But, <clears throat> and I definitely would never say that, like, I blame my addiction on my parents. But also, you know, my mom, my parents both struggle with addiction as well. Um, and they, you know, they were the, the ones that I was kind of getting it from. So it was, it was definitely, so I would say when I graduated, um, so there is, <laughs> I feel like there's so much that I'll be filling you in on the, but like <laughs> there is, <clears throat> there's definitely some like traumatic experiences that I had. So like, I guess one of the the first thing that had happened, so my dad was selling weed for a while and like had been, you know, using that. So my dad got fired from a job, um, got, and was like unable to work because of an injury for a while. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. My parents were like selling weed. And I, at the time as a high schooler, like anybody normal is going to be like, this is so cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Like, you know, this is awesome. I actually remember when we found out, like, we found out together that they, or I was at least around when you found out that they were selling weed, because we were just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't mad about it at all. No. (laughs) I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is really cool. Which, I mean, I feel like any any normal person that's smoking, like, at high school age is going to think that it's cool that their parents are selling weed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, I don't think anybody would be like, oh, this is, this is horrible, especially if they're smoking weed, too. Yeah. Right. Well, we, we, too, were, we were like, man, so all the times that we've been, like, smoking upstairs in Carrie's room, like, making all these barriers and stuff to, like, in make a sure closet. they could- Smoking in a closet. <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> and then yeah. really, though, they were just probably doing the same thing downstairs. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. So, so, yeah, they ended my my dad and my mom both like had their issues with, you know, 
opiates my mom has for a long time. My dad has for a long time, but it was all like stuff that was swept under the rug almost, you know, and kept at bay. So honestly, like the majority of like my teenage years, like I, I didn't know, you know, I was, right. I was, I didn't know any of that, that information. And, um, I can, I'll never forget. So it was, I was with a friend of mine and we were getting ready to go to a house party and it was the, it was Valentine's day. And, um, so my dad had been selling weed for a really long time. At that point, I'd say maybe like a year and a half. And, um, we were both at the house by ourselves and I get a knock at the door and I go downstairs and like, it was a home invasion, like two guys coming in like with guns and like, you know, a very serious situation for somebody of high school age. My parents were like both out of town at the time. So I was, I was maybe 17 and I had a friend there with me and I just remember like that happening and not feeling safe in my house anymore and being like, okay, like, so where's the line between like me thinking this is cool to like this serious thing happening, my safety being threatened And, like, nothing being done about it. So, like, I would say at that point when that happened, I remember I, like, ended up staying with a friend for a couple weeks after because I just didn't feel safe going home. And I started having, like, these crazy, this crazy post-traumatic stress. Like, every time I would hear a noise, you know, I, like, (laughs) I would think that it was somebody breaking in. But it's, like, when you're put, when you're at that spot, too, where it's like your your caretakers, your providers, your family, like you're living in that situation. Like I loved my parents and I I didn't think that they were bad people. I know that they were good people and like they were just doing the best that they could. So at the same time, I was like, you know, living with them, I felt like I almost had no choice. So I ended up going back and I would say it was at that point where I just started to like numb out my feelings and over medicate. And like, I guess like that was, that's really like the first time where I felt like something may not be right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And it's <laughs> obviously it's like going through like, 12 step programs and like being involved in therapy. Like you, I didn't really realize the amount of weight that that kind of stuff would, would hold mm-hmm. in my life. But like, looking back on it now it's like I can definitely I can definitely see kind of where things where things took off and so um so yeah I know I got involved and like started you know medicating myself and my parents were at the time you know my mom was like using opiates my dad was using opiates and um I started using them too and you know I luckily I think it was it was from 2009 to 2012 was a, I mean, a, a pretty short run, and I ended up um, getting on the wait list for a treatment center, and I just turned 21. <laughs> I remember, like, I was, like, really upset about it. I was, like, looking forward to being able to, like, legally drink inside of a bar, like, means while going through, like, an opiate addiction. <laughs> I was, like, that right. was, like, my big thing. It was, like, oh, no, I'm never going to be able to drink in a bar. it's like even like I far surpassed like any of that so I don't know it was it's it's crazy looking back on it now like I'll have seven years um sober in November hell yeah yeah 
And I know seven's a lucky number for you. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, so so it's cool. I mean, if anything, I, I talked to somebody about this the other day, um, but I feel like I would not change anything about the past experiences that I've had just because I know that anything that I've gone through has been able to help somebody else. And like, that's, if that's, if I'm able to help somebody at the end of the day, just because I can tell them that, you know, you can get through this, like there are tools that you can use to, to get through this, like it's possible and like possibly be an inspiration for someone to know that, you know, there's another way to, to live. Like that's the coolest shit to me. Like at yeah. the end of the day. so I know that there was another traumatic event that happened in the house after because basically what happened after that home invasion was at at some point the three of you or two of you or at least your dad went to jail right no it was like a full-on SWAT team type situation like kicked in doors Okay, so this is, this is, it's like crazy to tell to someone else, because now thinking about it, it sounds so insane. But like, so my mom was already in jail at the time. And then me and my dad were both out of jail. Um, I had never gone to jail at this point. Like I'm, I have a clean record and I'm <laughs> like, you know, untouched, unscathed. Right. And um, so my mom was like in jail at the time. And I can, I remember like ordering her commissary and like getting her like honey buns and like Cheetos, (laughs) (laughs) like ordering her commissary. And, um, and how old were you at this point? I was, I think either 19 or 20. I want to say, I want to say like had maybe like 20, I wouldn't say 20. So yeah. And at this point, my dad had like graduated to selling other things in the house. I'll just say that. <laughs> and, and so I was kind of, you know, blanketed under that. And I mean, it was the same situation as like with the weed, you know, I was getting my drugs from my parents. Um, it was normalized in our household. If I could go through like the amount of times that a, the, the electric wasn't paid, the water wasn't paid, the, you know, things, it just was any, if you could imagine like, just living with in a trap house pretty much. I mean, that's the situation. That's exactly what it was. But like my parents trying to hold some semblance of like normalcy and like, you know, cook my mom cook dinner and like do this. It, I mean, it was, it was a very, very crazy way of living. Um, but it was normal to us. So at the time he had been selling and somebody with, like I said, I'm grateful for it now, but the, the boyfriend that I had at the time we had um, we had sold some stuff to this guy, and he had a wire on at the time. <laughs> and like I, I didn't obviously didn't know that, but yeah. So he had a wire on, and SWAT team like kicks open the door at the time, and I was like in a t shirt, and mind you, I had like a brand new litter of kittens in my house. <laughs> so like, yeah, Carrie's a huge cat person. I'm a- <laughs> definitely a big cat person so I had like a litter of kittens in the house meanwhile you can imagine like SWAT team busting in like I'm in a t-shirt I'm like freaking out and so all three of us um we got taken to jail we were all three in jail at the same time which is like a surreal crazy experience to to all three be in jail and like as crazy as it sounds like that one time I had gotten out of jail 
it's like I didn't know what to do. I like I had no life skills. I had no job, no money, no like no idea of like how how somebody no, yeah. no mentor really. No mentor, no guidance. Like yeah. and really it's like I didn't know what to do. It's like getting out of getting out of jail and not know, you know being a 20-year-old that has like virtually I had a couple of jobs, but I had like virtually no job experience. Um no money, obviously, at the time. So it was like, really, I think rock bottom is, is what you, I mean, that's really yeah. what, it, what it was. It's like, and I knew, it's like I, that voice of clarity comes in that tells you, like, if something doesn't change now, like, nothing, you know what I mean? If I don't try to get help now, like, I'm going to end up just like my parents, you know, that was like the voice that I had in my head. And I was like, and I don't want that to happen. You know, I, I want to, I want to, I want to live a different way. Um, and keep like, if you don't want to talk about this, that's fine. And we can edit this out if we need to. Um, but I remember when I was visiting you one time and this was kind of during, like I was visiting Kentucky and I came to see you and we stopped by the house and I remember seeing your parents, and I think your dad was maybe still in jail at that point. Um, and there was a guy living with you, or he was your friend. He wasn't um, your boyfriend or anything, but he was your friend who was living with you. And he uh, had... <sighs> something had happened like I like I met him but then I want to say like a couple weeks later or something he maybe passed away um I don't think it, he had passed away um if, if it's who you're who I'm thinking about so there's my parents always had like would adopt people right into the house you know regardless of you know <clears throat> mainly people that were like either using or you know my mom's very much like a rescuer quote unquote I don't know if that makes any sense but it's like that makes total sense very, to me she was always trying to rescue me <laughs> yeah it's like you know let me take you under my wing and like you can stay here like it'll be fine blah 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 blah, blah. so that whole situation no but he um he had ended up overdosing is what had happened but it was a situation in which I think he he ended he like had severe brain damage from it. Um, he he was still alive, but it was that's like thinking back on that too. It's like he lived with us for maybe I want to say maybe two years, mm -hmm. um, maybe a year and a half, and ended up having like severe brain damage from from an overdose. I mean, I could if I could recount how many times like I've seen people overdose it's like an insane amount and like thinking about that now and like and I don't mean like overdose and die I mean like overdose come back to life but like that just that being the normal state you know for to know that like you're putting yourself in that position for that to ha not only to happen to you um but to like to witness the people that you're around like have that that disregard for their own life and like it's it's just a crazy it's it's a whirlwind to think about now just because it's like right right every day living that way is like traumatic is it is its own trauma so did you ever did you ever overdose i did not no no i never i'm i'm lucky enough to that so that that had never happened to me 
Yeah. I know you were saying, like, looking back, you know, it sounds so crazy to to say that you've seen so many people overdose or know that that could have happened to you. But in the moment, like, do you think that that ever really registered? Oh, yeah, for sure. But it's like when you're when you're in the middle or when I was in the middle of it, it's like mm-hmm. that would happen. And instead of having a coping mechanism like okay well wow I should maybe I should call somebody in my support network or maybe I should reach right. out and like talk to somebody about it you're so in case like I was full of fear obviously because I was afraid if I told anybody else that they a they were you know I was gonna feel judged I was gonna feel shame mm-hmm. so it's like the only way to like manage those emotions and those feelings is like to continue to go deeper and like try to not feel them Okay, that makes yeah, I could see that. Um, so, what at what point did you decide that this was that this was enough? Like you were done with yeah, this was, particular lifestyle. Was there like a pivotal moment, or it was just kind of like one day you were like, "I'm sick of this." <laughs> I mean, I think it had been coming for a long time. Um, I can remember getting on the waiting list for a treatment center probably six months before I ever got sober. And so when I got arrested, I got put on probation. And I remember, so I had a reporting date where I was supposed to to go and then take a drug test. And it, it was like, you know, six weeks before I knew I had to report. And I was like, okay, like, I'm going to make a conscious effort. Like, I really am not going to do anything. Like, I want to make sure that when I go in that I'm, like, clean for this drug test so that I can go to treatment. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, and I remember telling myself that every single day. And, like, it would, you know, it would be, like, okay, six weeks. Okay, five weeks, three weeks. And then it got down to, like, being within a week period. And I can remember, like, looking in the mirror and being, like, I... (laughs) I have no control, like absolutely no control because I would make that resolve like daily. But also, you know, I'm still living with my parents. They're still doing what, you know, at the time my mom and dad were both out of jail and they weren't, you know, my dad had either completed his probation or or had something different. And so neither one of them like had the consequences that I had had at the time. So like there was no, there was no need for them not to, to stop what they were doing. And, um, are you comfortable so, yeah, her- saying, like, what you were doing? Oh, yeah. No. I mean, I, I talk about it all the time. So I was using heroin, and at the towards the end um, was crack as well. And I feel like it's very taboo to talk about now, but I feel like it's it's important for people to know that it's not, like, I don't know. I feel like in the movies, it's always portrayed to like be a specific type of person, but like being in recovery for however, how long I have, I like, it's something that definitely like affects everyone. That well, yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, I guess my biggest thing, and I, I'm not trying to like out you or make this a good podcast or anything like that. I just, when I found out, when you told me that that's what you were doing, I was like, holy shit, that is not. I had no idea and and same like all I the only exposure I had ever had to that kind of you know that particular drug and that kind of stuff is those are the homeless people on the street that are doing that or those are the the losers that have no uh 
no ambition or no drive or bad personalities or they have they come from a broken home or all this stuff but like you very much came from first of all you're an amazing funny beautiful person <laughs> and well, so thank it's you <laughs> of course so but it but I think that's why it was such a shocker to be like whoa like okay so this this does this can get anybody like I mean Yes, you came from, you know, addictive, uh, um, like addict parents, but they were together. They loved each other. They loved you. Like, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me that at the time it was crazy to me to think that that could happen to you. But it's, it's so true that it just, it affects, it can take a hold of anybody. Oh yeah. No, for sure. I was definitely, I was a dare student come on like yeah talk about like I was I like won the I can remember like winning the the dare um I remember I had to write like a paper or something and, and like you get a gold star and get to go stand up like I was definitely like the dare student that was like I'm never gonna do drugs like drugs are bad like but I think the most important thing like I I'm I'm very into to mental health and and just anything related to to getting people out of that spot um recently I've like started uh, I have a friend that works at a domestic violence shelter and you'd be surprised like the amount of I mean there it's it's not just like codependency that I mean it's crazy you don't realize that your experiences as a child can can affect you that way um (laughs) like I don't know. I, and I don't want to blame it on that, but it's like, of course. if you're, if you're exposed to that kind of lifestyle, especially in the midst of, you know, brain development. Yeah. Brain development. I mean, you're even as a teenager, like you're still a child, you know, at that point, you know, you haven't, especially your caregivers, like, you know, you, that's the only model that you have, um, doing that. It makes, it makes you feel like it's okay. And right. especially, you know, you, you put, any kind of, you know, trauma on that too. It's like those feelings of, of wanting to escape and, and to not feel those feelings. And at first, yeah, I feel like it's more of like a, oh, I'm going to try this because it makes me feel good. But it's, I think, you know, further investigation is like the, the opioid crisis in America right now is insane. Um, the amount of treatment centers there are insane. The amount of overdoses, especially in Kentucky, I feel like it's, it's pretty insane. Um, so yeah, but anybody, I mean, it really can, anybody can be affected by addiction. It doesn't matter, um, you know, who you are, what you do, what your job is. I mean, I've seen in the program, there's like doctors and lawyers and just, just all sorts of people you would, you would never imagine. But I feel like the stigma, there's still so much, so much of a stigma that people are afraid to like address the actual issues of like, not saying that I'm able to do that, but I feel like, you know, there's definitely an avenue for people to get help if they want to, you know what I mean? But it has to come from, I feel like, it has that willingness has to come from you like nobody else can make you do that right right so I have a question and you may have already said this but when you got set up to go to treatment was that voluntarily or is that because that was what you had to do in order to like um, follow your probation 
Well, I was on the, I was on the waiting list, um, before I was on probation. So, but Mm. the, the waiting list that I was on was over a six month waiting list because I wasn't, a lot of the times these treatment centers will put, um, DOC, which is like department of corrections, whoever is like mandated by the court to go there. They, they kind of go first before the people that are, you know, that have signed up willingly. I know that mm. it's kind of a backwards way, but, but yeah, so I was on a waiting list for a treatment center and whenever I went to go to drop for probation, obviously I was honest with them. I was honest with my probation officer and I told him, I was like, look, um, I'm just letting you know, like, I'm going to be dirty. I was like, I've tried to stop on my own and I can't. Um, and my, you know, my, my mom was the person that dropped me off at treatment or at, um, the probation office. And I was like, I'm going to be dirty. And I was like, whatever happens from here, like, if you decide to take me to jail, like, I'm okay with it. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like I, because I, I can't stop on my own. And at that point I knew, I I knew that like without separation, like it was going to be fine. So Mm -hmm. He took me to jail on a, um, so, so basically I was put in jail because on a retention of prisoner, which is basically like, if we don't get this girl into a treatment center within the next 30 days, like, we don't know if she's going to live. <laughs> like it was, it was put at that precedence, you know, it was, it was like, if we, you know, if we don't get her into treatment, like it's, it's going to be a situation. So I was in jail for 30 days and then. I went to a long-term treatment center for about, I want to say about nine months. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think I came when another time that I came to visit you, because all of this obviously was happening while I was in Alaska. And then I would come back every like couple of years and just kind of same, like pick up where we left off. I'm pretty sure I picked you up from the treatment center, but you weren't there as a patient anymore maybe or maybe you were no um so I I got a gold star in treatment Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I was the best I was not to say I was the best no I like I ended up working so there's like a program that you can do after you've like successfully completed the program and so you could become a peer mentor which is essentially work for the treatment center and um I mean, that's, that's the name of the game in treatment. It's like they, most of the people that work in treatment centers are people that have, um, substance abuse issues or have had substance abuse issues just because it's a lot easier to relate on that platform. So I, I was working and still living at, they had like a, an offsite or onsite apartments. And so I was mm-hmm. living at the treatment center, also working at the treatment center. I mean, and it, I mean, it was a great, it was a great place to be just because it's like basic life skills, things that you don't uh, necessarily. I remember <laughs> you telling me that you were a little scared to leave and you weren't anywhere near ready to go yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. I will. I wanted to make, I just was so scared of going back to that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, like I, I was, I was terrified. And so coming back to Lexington, that's like, you know, familiar places, familiar people, And, um, you know, my parents, obviously at that, you know, they hadn't gotten sober yet at that point. So my relationship with them was very much like love from a distance. I was, (laughs) I was like, okay, my my mom, my parents were super supportive of me getting sober. Um, they, they want, you know, they're, of course, yeah, they, they wanted to see me succeed and they wanted the best for me. And so, um, I ended up moving back to Lexington into a sober living, um, 
which is like similar to a treatment center, but less like they loosen the reins a little bit in, in sober living. It's like, okay, we're going to test it and see how you do. You know, you're still going to get drug tested, you know, at random, but you have more freedom. You can, you know, you can get a job, work full time um, until you're able to like get on your feet. And that's what I did. Um, I ended up staying in sober living uh, for about another, I want to say maybe another year until I was able to like, and then at one point ended up moving, kind of moving back in with my parents. But I like threw, I threw myself into AA pretty hard just because that was the only thing that I knew to do, you know, was, was throw myself into 12 step programs. So I was, I was going to like conferences. I was going to maybe like six, seven meetings a week. Um, just because I was so afraid at that point of like going back to things. I just, I didn't want things to change, you know? And you know, I made, I've like some of my long-term friendships that I've had now are like people that I've met in the program. Um, and, and honestly, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Um, I feel like it's a good thing that they have, they had a sober living, even though I will mind you, the roommate, one of my first roommate, um, that I had, or one of my first roommates, we met each other in sober living. So we had lived together in sober living. We shut the place down (laughs) and not because of like anything bad. It was just boys. It was was definitely a a boys situation. (laughs) But yeah, no, so I feel like um, all that stuff happened in perfect timing. Like, looking looking back at it, I, I wouldn't change anything about the way that I went about things because I feel like it was the safest bet. Um, I have one other question, and then we'll get kind of back into, like, the treatment and after treatment and, you know, where you are now. But um, when you first like went into jail I guess it wasn't even into the treatment center yet when you first started to get clean how was that like how was sobering up how was getting out of that honestly it's it's still even now it was like very foggy um I think about so like my 30 (laughs) my like 30 day stint in jail like the only things I can remember about that are um I had really cool socks and like, that's a real, that's a big thing in jail because you don't really have a, you know, you're all in uniform. So I remember having like very cool socks and like making a couple friends while I was in there. And surprisingly, like, I mean, most of the people are, are, um, I mean, some of the people are in there, but the majority of the people that are in jail are in there for drug related things. You know, the majority of them are in there for drugs there. It's off now. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, but what I was saying is I think it was very comforting to be around people that had also been through that thing. So I was very relieved. Treatment was a, a relieving experience and it was fun. You know, I tried to make the most out of it, but it's like, it's basically like going to like another high school experience, except you're surrounded by, you know, it's, it's the same. It's like you're surrounded. I was, it was a women's treatment center. So it was all women. But we would go to these meetings and it's like there would be the boys treatment center. So it was very much like being in high school again. I don't know if that makes any sense. So it was like fun and exciting um, because it's like, oh, you know, there's there's boys at this meeting. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hmm. It's like, I obviously going to pick a real winner. You know what I mean? We're, we're like, we're all like 30 days sober. Um, totally smart decisions. But it's like, when you when you remove the drugs and alcohol, like from someone that's been doing that, you know, the, the, the first replacement is either going to be food. Um, for me, it was food and boys. <laughs> and so it's like, what else can I attach what and else can I energy drinks? I remember. And energy drinks. Oh my God. Coffee, energy drinks. You know, it's like, what is something outside of myself that's going to make me feel better? Like immediately. Right. And I think over the years, like that's really like, I would say grinding the gears of my recovery these past like a couple years, I've got, I've gotten so much clarity on all that stuff, which is crazy. You know, I, I feel like I did. So I, I I haven't been to an AA meeting. I'd say I haven't done AA really in in a couple years now. I'd say maybe two or three years. Mm-hmm. And so I got to this I got to this point um, where I just didn't feel um, it didn't feel the same. I don't know if that if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Like I was going to twelve step meetings for so long, and I felt like I kept hitting this this wall. I feel like probably because AA focuses on like your addiction mainly and like the drugs that you were using and the, you know, the alcohol. And then it's also like mixed with, with other things. Um, but I feel like a lot of the trauma that I had experienced was unaddressed. Right. And so, I mean, it it was like basically the, the easiest thing that I can say is like when somebody comes over and you clean your room, but you shove all the shit in the closet. (laughs) Like, Right. So your room was clean, but your closet was a mess. Oh, no. If you would have opened the closet, like, it would fall on. Like, the clothes would <laughs> been stacked up and, like, fall on you. Like, it was it was that type of, of thing. So I actually, um, for the past year, I've been doing an ACA, which is Adult Children of Alcoholics, which is more trauma-based, um, very self-care <laughs> enthusiast, but it's, like... So there are certain traits um, that come from from being the child of an alcoholic or an addict, and they manifest in your adult life, which, you know, work with with 12 steps and and therapies kind of help realize that. But so, yeah, I stopped doing AA primarily um, and and then started focusing on ACA and going to therapy and like really hammering down because I got to this point to where. You know, I was having problems like in my relationships and really with with self worth, and um, it was it was it was huge. It was like a it's like when you have an epiphany. It's like I feel like I've constantly had these moments since being sober, um, where it's just like, oh, okay, like this is this is the path that I'm supposed to go down. <laughs> like this is the path that I'm supposed to go down, and the right. doors constantly open. Um, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm self aware to to a fault nowadays. <laughs> like I'm like. Oh, I can relate to that. Yeah, like, uh, I'm blatantly aware. So it's hard for me not to like, it's I'm also very empathetic, too. So like, when I when I'm like dealing with somebody else, I'm like, Oh, well, they're doing this because blah, 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 blah. And like, not psychoanalyze them and be like, Okay, you know what I mean? Like, I I've got my own stuff going on. But, but I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna immediately say like, Oh, this person's 
got this and I'm going to psychoanalyze and I know where this is coming from, but I definitely have a lot of experience. I'd say I'm, I'm pretty self-aware. Yeah. I do that a lot too. Like when someone, someone will come to me and be like, Oh, I'm so pissed at this person. They did this, this and this. And I'll be like, well, maybe that this happened like when they were a kid. And I think that, you know, this is like a normal reaction if they have this thing and like, (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, me. <laughs> the cool thing is, like, the majority of the, the people in my life and that I'm friends with are, like, A, really supportive, or, like, B, also in therapy. I mean, <laughs> I, you said this, too, in a podcast. I think everybody needs to go to therapy. I think it's not a bad thing for, any, for anybody to go to. I mean, everybody's got something. 100%, yeah. Well, yeah, like you just said, like, uh, a way you react in, as an adult could be because of something that happened in childhood, but if like, you're not going to therapy. You're not going to know that. (laughs) I feel like it's just whether you have addiction issues or whether you've had any sort of trauma, I feel like talking through feelings like that with um, a counselor or a therapist is just so beneficial to just understand why you do things the way you do. Oh, yeah. It's like your your brain has to be rewired in a way. And um, especially, like, feeling your feelings who does that (laughs) (laughs) who wants to sit with sadness um come on like who wants to feel you know who wants to have to like sit in their room and cry and like feel you know feel their feelings now it's so funny that that I'm talking about that but me me and Shelly went on a dip earlier and uh, like so we go on a lot of like emo dips (laughs) hold on hold on what do you do on a dip if you're not smoking weed? We just drive around. <laughs> okay. And I jewel. Do you know what that is? I've never heard okay, of that. Okay, so okay, yeah. This is just so you know, this is only something a term that people use in Kentucky. So can you explain to Jordan what a dip is? <laughs> um, a dip is where so you just there's a lot of like rolling hills and farmland obviously we're in Kentucky. Um, especially in Lexington, so there's farmland everywhere. So surrounding the city there are these back roads and before it's like we would go on a dip and we would like smoke weed and listen to music and like drive around in the country (laughs) and you know that that's pretty much been like my meditation like calm me down thing it's interesting so that doesn't like trigger anything for you by like recreating that scenario definitely not um i i feel like yeah no not at all um And I feel like the only, there's no, for me, like the word trigger almost doesn't exist because I like, and I know that early on it probably did like seeing, you know, certain things, certain people, places, things, but you know, after a period of time, like alcohol, drugs, like weren't even an issue just because I had, I had replaced, um, recovery had kind of taken that spot for me. And like, I didn't even think about drinking or using, um, and haven't for a long time, but I feel like just being, being me would be the trigger. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> I don't really need a reason, you know, to, to right. do what I do. Like, I'm going to do it regardless of like where I'm at or who, or what like comes up. Like I am the trigger. Right. Yeah, I, so the reason that I think that they're, I mean, I don't really know, we just always called them that, but I think the reason why they're called a dip is because the, the roads are literally so, like, hilly and bumpy that, like, you, your car does that kind of, you know how when you're on, like, um, Gina Hot Springs Road? Yeah. Oh, I guess when she's explaining it, I'm like, oh, I've 
kind of makes all sense. the time you oh, know, okay like, yeah just car rides music yeah. weed friends but it was like <laughs> those those hills though they like they drop yeah. and they kind of they dip up and down and so i think that's that's how i always interpreted it at least <laughs> that's funny oh yeah i that's a that's a huge form of therapy for me is going on a dip <laughs> <laughs> it is it driving so around we were listening oh it was so bad we were i was like um i have one request will you play stained please <laughs> driving around listening to like lincoln park still yeah Uh, Yeah. avril Avril lavigne (laughs) well i'm really happy to know that your uh music has not progressed very much because i swear to god mine stopped don't get me wrong it has it definitely has progressed in a ways but i like you got to get back to your roots you know yeah (laughs) Anytime I'm, like, really wanting to listen to music, I always go right back to whatever you listen to in high school. Yeah, I know. It's, like, that. I feel like that's a, <laughs> especially with me and Shelly, too, it's, like, that. that's always what we fall into. It's, like, any kind of emo music or, like, screaming sad guy playing guitar, like, I'm into that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I, um, on the other hand... Revert back to Britney Spears all the time. Every oh, time. Oh yeah! We, don't get me wrong. We listen to Britney Spears too. That's so <laughs> funny. Denise actually showed me some pictures of you guys back in high school, and um, at the beginning when you were explaining all the music that you guys listened to, I was like, "Yep, makes sense." That picture. <laughs> oh yeah, because the swoop could be seen from the other yes. side. Yes, like <laughs> so very funny. Deep, very deep swoop. So yeah, this um this past I'd say looking back at my life um now is so different. <laughs> it's it's literally insane. So I just um I just accepted a new job, which I will start the beginning of October. And um my previous job I was at for about five years. And um I'm super excited. I just got back um about I'd say maybe two a week and a half ago I took a trip to Brooklyn for my birthday (laughs) fun yeah so I've been back for about a week I caught the plague um, (laughs) and like was was sick all of last week Um, I'm pretty sure I caught it on the airplane (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like convinced that I caught it on the airplane or or at LaGuardia airport in New York um but yeah, no, looking back on things, like, I um, I ended up getting into a car accident about, I want to say it was in March. So I got in a car accident um, and ended up totaling my car and F-250 truck, like, pulled out in front of me about a mile from my house. So it's, I mean, it's been a, it's been a pretty crazy year, but I ended up getting um, my insurance settlement today. So it's been kind of, it's been kind of a crazy day. <laughs> to say Jeez, the it sounds like it. Yeah, and it's, I really, it's been, Are yeah. you, hold on, are you, like, were you okay? Is it, like, what? Well, yeah, I mean, I'd say it was best case scenario. Um, I ended up having some, some neck and back issues a cu- for a couple months afterwards. Obviously, my, my car was totaled, and I had whiplash um, for lingering, so I couldn't really go to the gym or like lift anything my so I never really understood like exactly what whiplash was and so like parts of my hand I would be at work and I do like mainly office work so I'd be typing and like my the left side of my arm or the left side of my hand 
would go numb and my face started to go numb. So it was like a, it was a very, um, (laughs) it was a weird experience. And like, meanwhile, I'm in the process of trying to look for in a rental car, trying to look for another car, trying to maintain like full-time, full-time job. Yeah. Luckily the job that I'm at now was, was super, um, super lenient and they understood and, and I got everything sorted out. But I feel like that was like, the major, the major bump of this year was the car accident, but it's like, you know. So how do you deal with that? Like, I mean, obviously you had a lot of pain, like how do you handle that? I mean, I just took ibuprofen, (laughs) you know, it wasn't anything that was, that like warranted a narcotic, Um, you know what I mean? It was in any time in sobriety, if I've had like dentist stuff or like wisdom teeth, anything like that. Um, I would, I feel like I would take something if it was prescribed, like I'm at a strong enough point. I've been separated from it for so long. Like if I ever got into like a debilitating accident, knock on wood, um, if I, if anything ever happened, like I would take it as prescribed. Like I, I don't feel like that would, that would be an issue, um, at all. Luckily, like nothing like that has had to happen, but yeah, I just, I took some ibuprofen. They wrote like some kind of, um, like NSAID, I think is what it is. Like a, yeah. not a so relaxer, but close to that, like an anti-inflammatory basically. And so I just have to tell you, it's still really weird for me to think of you driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Uh, that's my favorite. It's literally my favorite, one of my favorite things to do. It's so weird. <laughs> Yeah, Carrie never drove. I like I was always driving, or or one of your other friends was always driving. Like when? How old were you when you actually like got your license? Oh, 21. 22 maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I had been sober for a while. So like, yeah, I came into the program, and everybody's like, um, "I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna need a ride." And they're like, "Don't you drive?" And I was like, "No, I never have a had a license." And they were like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> So my, my logic was my mom would not let me get my driver's license because at the time she, she was like, you're never sober. I don't trust you on the road. Um, I'm not going to allow you to get your license. And I was like, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And I never questioned it. And I never questioned it. Not, I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, fa- I mean, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, I was that that makes total sense. So I I pretty much learned to do everything in sobriety. Like really, I mean, I had driven before, right? Um, yeah. But I learned how to drive um, without yeah being sober and over the age of twenty one. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think I I've I mean how we hung out like all the time almost every day for three years, and I don't. I still think to this day, I've never seen you drive a car. <laughs> yeah. Well, ne- the next time that I see you, I will be driving. I will be your chauffeur. I will drive <laughs> you anywhere that you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> Any and everywhere that you want to go. <laughs> I um, I have to say, I'm like really impressed with you as a person and just um, hearing your story. And I find... I find you very confident, and I think that that's um, really cool. Like the fact that you can say, you know, if something was pre- prescribed to me, I feel confident enough that I could handle it. And I think that that's really inspiring for anybody, um, but definitely for somebody who maybe has gone through similar 
a similar journey or situation or struggle um, to know that you can be that confident in yourself moving forward. (laughs) I feel like I've said, oh, yeah, I'm like the Kool-Aid man in this podcast. (laughs) It's true. It's like you don't let your past define you at all. Like, oh, it happened. No. You're not, sh- like, ashamed of it. It's a part of who you are, and that's it. No, everyone everyone in my life, I'm, like, blatant, pretty pretty honest with about everything. Um, employers, I'm, I'm honest with um, about my experience if I need to be. Um, I feel like I'll, I'll reveal the information if I feel like it's going to be helpful. Yeah. Um, obviously... I, I don't, like, broadcast it, and it's, I'm definitely not one of those people that, like, looks for public acclaim for, like, my sobriety. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, look, you know, look at what I did. I did all this, but, like, yeah. if I know that it's going to help someone, like, I will share my story. If yeah. I know that it's going to serve a purpose, like, I will do that, but I'll never be the, the person that's, like... Oh, you know, look at what, look at all that I've done and look at me turn my life around. Like, I, I don't want to, to ever feel like I'm taking anything for granted. Um, I feel like that's, that's probably the most, you know, being able to, to remember like what my life used to look like in the progression of, mm-hmm. you know, seven years. Um, so much has changed and I've been able to, to do things I've seen, <laughs> I've done, I've had more fun, I'd say in my sobriety than like, or just, just in these past seven years, life has been a trip and has been crazy, but, but being able to be fully present for it has been amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like I like being able to, to wake up in the morning and to like, or to go to a show or to go to a festival and like be present and yeah. be, and remember everything and take in every moment and like not have a doubt about it that that that's what I'm experiencing. It's it's cool. One thing that I'll say about you that I have I guess probably admired about you ever since we were kids uh, is you can make friends with anybody anywhere anytime (laughs) like you're just so like open and friendly and honest and I don't really have that (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I would not say that at all well I don't have it as good as you like you just you, you just can take like you can walk into a room and it literally doesn't matter what someone looks like what they're wearing what they how old they are like anything and you're just like hey how's it going? Oh, that's your life. Like people just like open up to you and talk to you. I think that's definitely something we have in common, but I think, uh, you actually have it even a little bit better than I do, especially with the whole like making friends part. <laughs> oh my God. It's funny that you say that. Um, when I was, it's, I went to, so I, I planned out when I went to, to New York when I went to Brooklyn I planned to go to a couple shows like back to back on my birthday and I went with a couple friends and at the show um I ended up making friends with this girl that was right next to me and my two other friends were were like standing to the left of me and (laughs) me and this girl like bonded I don't even know what it was like we were both we were both like yelling and screaming and we were like yeah this is awesome and like we looked over 
And my friend goes, just like Carrie, to make a best friend in New York. Um, we've been here for like 15 minutes, literally 15 minutes. And the girl was like, you're so cool. Like, hang out with me. Like, move to Brooklyn. Like, you need to hang out. And like, honestly, I probably would have hung out with her if we had Yeah, Car- Carrie, you were probably just like, yeah, girl, totally. Like, <laughs> Well, I do, I do believe that, though. I believe that you, you attract the people that you... I don't know if it's like your tribe, but I feel like I've I've always been very good at like attracting you. You make your and, tribe. Yeah, ex- I feel well. Yeah, but everybody just happens to be cool as fuck that like that I ever meet. Like they just happen to be cool. I'm sorry. I just feel like no. It's great. You sound like you're apologizing for it. It's awesome. Like it's yeah. such a cool thing. Yeah, I just love people, really, is what it comes down to. I mean, I hate people, but I love people. (laughs) I feel like it's a a mix if I'm able to... Well, that's the whole point, right? You know, everybody's just looking to connect. Totally. You know, everybody just wants to to be able to relate to somebody and to feel seen and to feel heard and to feel validated. Um, So if, if, like, I can bring that energy into not like my work life and like everywhere that I go or like go to the gas station and be like hey what's up you know what I mean like speak to an actual person like I'm gonna do that yeah yeah see like Jordan and I are the ones like avoiding eye contact with people and Carrie's the one that's like why isn't this person looking at me Mm -hmm. like I'm trying Mm -hmm. to talk to them (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's like hey what's up bud like why aren't you looking at me like you have a pro okay all right cool (laughs) yeah Um, so I want to do two things before we like wrap it up. Uh, one, I want to, I want to do your question that you had for Dana, but I also want you to come up with, cause we have a lot of funny stories, but I want you to come up with one funny story to tell about you and I, um, so be thinking about that while I'm reading the, the question and Dana's reply. Oh, I've already got it in my head. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, you had asked Dana, um, if you could go back in time and tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? Um, Dana was super stoked that uh, your question was for her. <laughs> um, she said, wow, that is a great question. Uh, When I reflect back on my younger years, the one thing that stands out to me is how insecure I was about who I was and how concerned I was at making sure everyone else was happy before worrying about my feelings or opinions. If I could go back and offer myself advice, I would tell myself to rule your life like an iron fist in a velvet glove in that I would offer that you have to be strong in your beliefs and true to yourself and not let people push you around. Be proud of your uniqueness and all you have to offer the world and stop worrying about keeping or trying to make everyone happy life is a balancing act so don't get too caught up in being too perfect or what you think other people expect or want you to be we are all different and where you may have a strength or weakness we have loved ones and friends who compliment us to enrich our life trust in god that he made each of each one of us to represent and fulfill all things so uphold your your end of the bargain and be you in capital letters and love yourself in capital letters <laughs> in capital letters. I love that. So I love her so much. <laughs> like I don't know her, but I love her. Like I, I'm all, 
I'm all about <laughs> that same philosophy, and I feel like it's true. It's like at the end of the day, like you, you are you, which is a blessing. And I feel like the past, the past year, just having um, being able to like get in touch with what like loving myself actually means, <laughs> like right. self love and self care. Um, what it, what it really means to like love yourself and not care about you know, as long as I'm staying true to myself and staying true to my intentions and not hurting anybody and, and trying to be honest and vulnerable in my relationships, like the rest of it will fall into place and I don't need to worry about anything else. You know, I feel like honoring myself is really important. So the fact that she said that is cool. (laughs) I figured that she was going to say something like that. She's (laughs) She's amazing. She's amazing. Well, you'll just have to come up to Alaska so you can meet her one day. I yeah. will. Dude, let me know how much tickets are. I, I like I said, oh, I just... Don't, don't, don't uh, threaten me with a good time. I'm I will serious. book those I'm, tickets. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I just got my insurance settlement, so let me know what's up. <laughs> Dude, uh, David's going to be up here in a few weeks, and we're interviewing him, and I'm really excited about that. Oh, my God. I love David. He's... <laughs> I know it's such. I used to be in love with your brother before I knew. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I love your brother. I'm like I'm in love with your brother. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. To th- it's really funny to think about now. But he was, yeah. you know, you've got to think about like the years that I met him. He like came in swarming. I was like this cool older dude that like brought had like really good weed. So. <laughs> <laughs> right like, up your alley yeah I was like he's super attractive he listens to good music he listened to E40 yeah <laughs> nice. a lot of E40 that's hilarious yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh I can't wait to interview we'll him. get into his, him when we interview it's <laughs> <laughs> funny to think that but yeah no funny story um, with you is I c- do you remember when I sprained my ankle running in your shoes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. (laughs) And I lived out of my closet. Me and you, like, lived out of my closet. Yeah, we did. It was so weird. Why were we in there? We were in there for a certain reason the very first time, and we, like, set up, like, a TV. Was it, like, a walk-in closet? No! Oh. We put a twin bed in a tiny closet. That's all it would fit was a twin bed. Mm -hmm. And then there was, like, a little bit of room at the end for, like, a TV and a VCR. DVD player? Probably DVD player. DVD player, yeah. It was, it was, we weren't that old, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) No VCR. Um, It was definitely (laughs) DVD player. It could have been a combo, you don't know. (laughs) But I I don't think that I could like fully fit my whole body in the closet at the time because I had a, 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 like, not a cast, but like something similar. It was like, a compression garment of some sort <laughs> and they told me that you know obviously rice like rest and I had to elevate it and do all that so like imagine like walking into my room seeing a leg a, like a, <laughs> a leg sticking out of a closet and like me and Denise probably like Cheech and Chong smoking <laughs> that's funny <laughs> which is so weird now that I think about it because we would spend so much time in there okay can you hear me now yeah that sounds better Okay, I feel like the Verizon guy. (laughs) So yeah, we had a pretty tight-knit group of of friends, and everybody used to stay the night at my house. And so my room was upstairs, and it overlooked, (laughs) it overlooked like a a courthouse to the front A courtyard. 
courtyard, courtyard, yeah, courtyard <laughs> to the front door. And um, we were all we were all sleeping. the The best way that I can recount this is there was a man dressed like a leprechaun. <laughs> it was probably two or three in the morning. I'm looking out the I'm looking out the the window. Um, we're all watching this man organize these. What no, no. You, I, you know, were watching the man, and then you're like, okay. guys, 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 <laughs> there's a leprechaun. And we're like, shut up. You are so lying, whatever. And then we went over there, and he was gone. And you're like, no, I swear to God, he was there. And then he came out again, and, like, we rushed to the window. Because you're like, look, 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 look. And we, like, rushed to the window, and we just caught, the rest of us just caught, like, a, a glimpse of him. But he had a red beard, red haired, black top hat, green coat. <laughs> <laughs> was was like abnormally large, despite what you would think about <laughs> normal leprechauns. That's funny. Um, and he was black- definitely like arranging things on people's porches or something. Yeah. Um, in retrospect, it was probably not a leprechaun, but. <laughs> looking back on it but i'll tell you that we did um we did find a black pair of shoes um the next morning a black pair of clogs Mm. (laughs) outside and they were in it was in um irish wasn't it in it was european sizes yeah european sizes there was no u.s size it was just european European. sizes weird so I'm convinced, like, that dude was a leprechaun. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if he wasn't a leprechaun, he had me. He, like, was the best. He was the best that we could do at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, Denise's ex-boyfriend ended up holding on to those shoes for a very long time, I'm pretty sure. Like, ended up keeping the shoes. Yeah. Probably do you still see him? I do. He actually works with um, one of my friends at Mellow Mushroom. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I I see him. I've seen him a couple times. It's funny because I always ask him about the shoes. (laughs) I'm like, hey, man, do you still have the shoes? (laughs) And he's like, what shoes? And I'm like, you know, the shoes, the leprechaun shoes. That's funny. (laughs) Who would would not want to hold on to a pair of clogs from 10 years ago? What was so funny about that particular night is I th- feel like now that you're saying these stories, I was always kind of blowing Carrie off, like, oh, she's just being overdramatic. She's just being crazy. Um, and <laughs> which, that is night- which is fair. <laughs> <laughs> that in that particular night, I remember seeing that I remember getting catching the glimpse of the guy, but being like still being a little skeptical, like maybe I was just seeing what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. But then the next morning walking outside and seeing those clogs and just being like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, I just remember, like, I said, I, I was like, come on, guys. Like, if you're ever going to, like, take me seriously, like, now is the time. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Too funny. Yeah. Also, um, us running around and, like, almost getting sucked into, like, a storm drain or something in the rain. <laughs> Do you oh, so that? many stories. I don't know. That's actually one I don't remember. Oh. Yeah, we were running out. I'm pretty sure it was like two or three in the morning and it was like pouring down rain and we were running down down the street and I we both almost got sucked into a storm drain. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise. So many stories. This whole podcast could just be us <laughs> recounting like yeah. our shenanigans in high school. If only. <sighs> but I um, 
I really want to thank you so much for coming on. I mean, when we were talking, when Jordan and I were talking about wanting to do this podcast and we were brainstorming like who we could mm-hmm. interview, you immediately came to mind. I'm honored, honestly. I was like so surprised that you asked me, but I was like, okay, yes, I would <laughs> I, I would support you in any way. And I'm so proud of you, honestly. I'm I'm really proud of you starting Aww. this podcast. It's <laughs> awesome. I appreciate this and I definitely will be and I will listen to all the podcasts that you guys have. Yay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you you definitely have a follower in me. An M M&M. and M. An M and M. I am an M and M. All right. Love you. All right. Love you too. Bye. Hey, M&Ms, thanks for joining us once again on Mental Maintenance Monday. We wanted to take time to remind you that your story deserves to be told. That's right. And you can always reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Mental M Podcast or email us at mmpodcast1 at gmail.com. We love you. Bye.